Welcome to the Wonderful Leaders Podcast, a place for Christian entrepreneurs and leaders to be encouraged and inspired to grow in your personal and organizational leadership. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Wonderful Leaders Podcast. And I have a very special guest today, as I always do. I have Fiona Stewart. And uh, bear with me whilst I read out her bio. It's going to take a while. Grab a cup of tea and a biscuit. (laughs) Fiona is a writer, performer, and creative consultant based in Glasgow. She's the founder and creative director of Foolproof Creative Arts. Fiona is a regular Thought for the Day contributor on BBC Radio Scotland and an occasional contributor to other BBC radio and television output. She hosts a number of podcasts, not just one or two, a number of podcasts, including the Outspoken Bible for Scottish Bible Society, Foolproof Bites and Hollow and Substantial, an intergenerational conversation with a millennial friend. That sounds fun. She's also a spoken word poet and can often be found performing at conferences and events. She's a member of the Adelaide Place Baptist Church, where she serves on the core leadership team and leads a missional community in the east end of the city. For fun, she loves open water swimming, good stories, and going out for brunch. Wow, Fiona, I'm tired just reading that. I know, it alone. sounds like a lot, doesn't it? It does sound like a I lot, know. but it's great. I should, so... I should pare down, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so just break that down. Tell us a little bit about what your life and your leadership life looks like at the moment. Yeah, well, it's lovely to be on, Dan. Thank you for inviting me to, to start with. It's brilliant. Um, yeah, I guess, I mean, I, I sometimes describe myself as a, as a juggler or a plate spinner or a, you know, jack of all trades. I, I, I have done quite a few things, as you've already said, a whole <laughs> lot of other things we've not even talked about, children's entertainer, all that stuff. Oh, wow. um, I've done a whole lot of things through through my life. I guess, I guess you could sum it up in terms of thinking about creativity and communication. And um, as somebody with, as a person of faith, I, I, I would choose to use those things to talk about my faith and to help people I guess I'm, I'm really interested in helping people think about things that are transcendent so begin to connect a bit with with creator God and begin to think that there's more to life so I suppose I'm an evangelist at heart um, and the way I would practice that I guess would be through the arts and creativity and encouraging other creatives so everything you've described there kind of comes under that that heading but I do spend a lot of time spinning plates I think brilliant no, i love that <laughs> and it's the, it's the whole thing with creatives isn't it i mean you, you you've got to pay the mortgage in the end of the day so sometimes you you know you end up doing a whole lot of things because they pay the bills yeah and the, but the, the very nature of being creative is don't sit still for long there's always yeah, a new idea true. there's always something that snowballs so just let's stick on to um sort of you're the founder and creative director of foolproof creative mm. arts and i just love the you know the kind of the mission shaping the cultural landscape by developing performers resources churches and provoking conversation that sounds brilliant. Tell me more about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a good place to start, I think, because so my background originally was in youth work, um, worked as a youth worker for 10 years and then then went and trained as an actor. And I think right. when I did that, there was a strong, I really had a strong call from God to go and do that, to get to get training. Um, but I thought that would lead me to, you know, straightforward life of an actor, a performer I was based in London and doing that. Um, wasn't getting enough lot of work, to be honest. Uh, I then moved to Southampton and worked for um, some folk there called Damaris Trust, if people remember them. They used to produce a lot of resources based around culture. And really, for me, it was a great experience in learning to write and learning to edit and actually kind of engage with some technical, technological stuff as well. Um, but round about then, so that was 
2008, I, I had a very strong sense that the Lord was going to call me back to Scotland. Um, going to study um, to train as an actor had always been about something about coming back to Scotland. I knew that. And in 2007, I think, um, I, God spoke to me about coming home. And I sat and I, and I have I have the journal somewhere. I sat and journaled what I, what I wanted to do with that. And, and the name Foolproof came quite quickly. Uh, and it's it's around the idea of well from first Corinthians first um, Corinthians one Paul talks about the foolishness of God being wiser than than human wisdom um, and I'm really interested in that I, I love creating stuff that makes people laugh but then also makes people come up short and think and cry sometimes so there's there's something around foolishness there um, and also I love the idea of the fool in so in the in the medieval court the fool is the person who can get away with telling the truth to the the king so the fool right. is the person who can speak to to power and through you know jokes or stupidness or or stories or whatever it is can provoke something and usually not always but i guess usually the fool doesn't lose their head <laughs> doing that so there's something about you know the fool stands outside of things and is able to speak truth to power um, so yeah, I'm in Southampton. I'm kind of thinking about all of this, and, and at that point, because I guess I'd I'd been through drama school and was thinking particularly around acting. What what I wanted to do was was start a fairly straightforward theatre company. So a sense of coming back to Scotland, starting a theatre company, calling it foolproof, and in my naivety, however long ago that was, twelve or thirteen years ago. I kind of thought that would be really easy because if you know, surely if the Lord's calling you to do something, it's straightforward, right? <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to leadership. Yeah, it's not really opposition. <laughs> Nobody's gonna, everybody's gonna understand what you're on about. So I relocated from Southampton back to Edinburgh, which is where my, my parents live. Um, I'm now in Glasgow, but was in Edinburgh for a while, uh, and it was a lot harder than I thought. So you know, I had to. People weren't willing to pay straight away for Christian theatre. Funny that. Um, probably still not that willing to pay for Christian theatre. Uh, and so I did a whole lot of other things along the way. And But actually in God's faithfulness, I mean, it clearly was a call from him because what has happened is that Foolproof has developed into what you talked about there. So it's about developing younger performers. And particularly, I'm, I'm really keen for people to develop their skills really well. So to train to a really high standard, but alongside that to also think theologically, what, what would God want me to do as a creative how do I live out my faith in in you know what can be a really hard place for performers and creatives um what what are the things that I do and, and what are the things where's my line that I'm not prepared to to cross um which is not always the the obvious you know I don't use right. swear words kind of thing it's sometimes it's, it's helping people think more deeply about some of that so yeah passionate about developing performers and encouraging them and and actually saying go for it you know if you've got creative gifts, go for it. Get involved in the industry. Be a light and a, and a salty person in there. That's really important. So foolproof's about that, but it's also about equipping churches to uh, deliver a message of um, you know the, the gospel message, but to deliver it with really high quality uh, creativity and communicative skills. But it's hard to get people necessarily to understand that they maybe need that or they could think about those things. <laughs> Because we quite like the way we do things, don't we? Absolutely. Yeah, that is very true. And I, I kind of, you know, we've got so many questions to get through. But I want to just sort of pick, unpack pack that a little bit. I mean, yeah. do you, how, how do you help a church? If I'm a church leader and I say to you, and I'm talking to the church leaders now that are listening to this podcast episode, 
But I say to you, look, you know what, you know, we're coming through this COVID period uh, and, you know, we've, we've been online for however long and now we're trying to find this new normal online, offline, hybrid, whatever it might be. If I'm a church leader or I'm someone in a, in a ministry leadership position, how can I engage with you? What, what's the general yeah. sort of process or do you have programs or how, how does that yeah. generally look? Yeah, well, that, that has developed over time. And obviously the last two years have, have made that very different. Um, I think for quite a long time, because of, because of the acting thing, a lot of what I was doing was um, helping people who were wanting to engage with the arts and, and with creativity. So there'd be a number of different ways of, of doing that and particularly discipling younger people who were who were interested in those things through camps and weekends and uh, workshops and so on. The last the last 18 months have been really interesting from that point of view. So as we all know, I mean, we've all used the pivot word so many times, <laughs> haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> March 2020, we're suddenly thinking, all right, my diary's suddenly emptied out. All these events that I was going to perform at or do spoken word or help people to, you know, think about how they perform or all of that's gone. So what do, what do I do? And so I've got a fantastic board with Foolproof. I've got a really, we're set up as a charity and I've got a fantastic board of people. And we chatted about the fact that actually as a performer, you are trained to think quite clearly about how you convey a message. And you know, you're, you're fairly flexible about how you do that and you, you pick up some skills. We all pick up skills along the way around audio, video and so on. Um, so we, we decided there was a place actually, particularly for people leading in churches, but also in a, in a wider sphere as well. Uh, people who maybe didn't have that background in digital comms or in um, communication, there, there was a place for, for helping people. And then one of the things I did, I mean, you mentioned this, I think already, but I, I have three podcasts. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're I coming do, on I, to that. I do. I had two podcasts at that point. <laughs> and then we said, well, actually, the obvious way to do that would be to start a podcast because, you know, we're set up to do that. So I started something called Foolproof Bites. And the reason they're bites is they are only three minutes long because I mean, I love a I love a good podcast, but I only have twenty four hours in the day. Right. <laughs> and there's a lot of material out there, and people are busy. And I think, particularly at that point, people were really stressed. Yeah. And were in kind of crisis mode and just trying to find something that was going to work. Um. So yeah. So foolproof bites three minutes three times a week, uh, and I started with really basic things like how do you film yourself on your phone and how do you think about your sound quality and what do you think about what you put behind you so people aren't distracted by the books in your bookshelf bookshelf and uh, how do you use your voice well how do you tell a good story and then in amongst all of that I mixed up some kind of fun stuff as well and some resources and we we got good listeners good listenership on it um I'm still thinking about what to do next with that because I think I've got about 50 episodes out there wow it sounds huge, but remember the three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so you can listen in you know, two hours. <laughs> yeah, so I got about three episodes out, three, sorry, three, uh, 50 episodes out there. And I'm now, interestingly, as we come to this point where we're re-engaging and we're thinking about hybrid, I've done a little bit on that, but I think we've all learned a lot. And so I'm beginning to think, well, what's what's my role? What's my place in, in that? And And actually, is there a a hunger for people, you know, me coming in, for example, to help people think about their in-person communication, how right. they do that well. Uh, I'm not sure that we're all ready for that yet, because I think we're all still a bit in panic mode and just trying to make it all work. And, you know, don't make me think about something else, like how I'm standing or <laughs> <laughs> that's too much as a bridge. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so so the delivery mechanism really was was uh, through through podcasting. Oh, that's really interesting. Mm. And I think, but I think that the timing of when this episode will, will come out, you know, or when people listen to this, 
I think it's in that time when we're trying to work out what the new normal looks like and how does, you know, this is obviously a leadership focused podcast. So talking to leaders, how do we as leaders engage our people afresh in that creative message of the gospel? And because, you know, the, I think the, the one of the things I love about what you do and what I've seen is that the, the world is desperate for relationship yeah. and authenticity yeah. and to break out of this lockdown mindset and mentality. And I know a lot of people that, that you know what we what they've done just watch netflix for 18 months yeah. and just listen to rubbish for 18 months yeah. and been you know just yeah. or they've been flat out because exactly think there's two yeah. types of people aren't there yeah so agreed the people who are in the nhs or education and yeah. they're just burnt out, burnt out. Burnt yeah. out. Yeah. yeah yeah exactly and so, so i think that that you know it is and i think that creative refreshing what you what you've got there i think is brilliant and i'm gonna we're gonna come back on to that but i want to take a bit of a step back quickly because we've spoken so much about creativity but how did this all develop because is it true you studied law at university <laughs> yeah. now you could argue that's creative in some ways but, well, you know. i don't know well, a difficult <laughs> argument <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i did i did i mean i suppose the short answer on that the, the, of why i did that i suppose I, I had decent exam results and wasn't very scientific so you know you you end up doing something and people say oh it's a good general degree and it is because you do learn to argue <laughs> but i i mean honestly I, the, the lord was very kind and very gracious i think with me in that being at uni, you know, I met fantastic friends that I'm, you know, still friends with. Um, I grew as a as a Christian. I, I, I had sort of tentatively become a Christian just before I went off to to study. But you know, being a student was a really good thing for me, in terms of my discipleship. But yeah. in terms of the actual um, subject, wasn't really for me. And uh, when I finished, I there weren't jobs. It was just the the stage uh, things were at with the economy. There weren't a lot of jobs about, and I ended up doing a gap year with Scripture Union in Scotland. Um, and that was that was really revolutionary. And, and actually talking about leadership, that's, that's an interesting thing because I was assigned to work with somebody, uh, a woman called Debbie White, who is still a good friend. And Debbie was a, a staff worker. Do you remember when they used to call people things like staff worker? Yes. Debbie was a staff worker in, in Fife, uh, uh, just a bit north of where I lived. And she, she was super creative. She was a super creative youth worker. And she was really brilliant at seeing what we there was a team of three of us working with it she was brilliant at seeing what we could do and letting us just try things and and giving good feedback so she would you know she would she would challenge what you were doing she would help you get better but she kind of let you take risks and i learned loads i mean i learned loads in terms of of my youth work career but i learned loads about how to lead well and how to lead other people well and she was really fun you know she made it fun and i think that's actually really important um, so yeah, I did that for a year and and never went back to the law. I right. ended up as a schools worker for a, about a decade all in and took what I'd learned in that, that year and implemented it and used a lot of drama. So used a lot of drama in school assemblies and, you know, uh, camps and things like that. When I didn't have somebody to do drama with me, I got a puppet. I really? <laughs> <laughs> so people always say, oh, you're really good with the puppet. I'm not really good with a puppet. I just need a second person. <laughs> <laughs> the only way to do it is keep it in a box. <laughs> Did the puppet have a name? or? Ticka, it... Thank you for asking. There we go. Yeah, yeah. she's a real girl, obviously. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, in your mind. She yeah. yeah, she's still yeah. four. <laughs> 25 years old. Um, so, yeah, d did a lot of that. Was And was a bit of a, you know, just making it up as I went along, I guess. Uh, but 
somebody yeah my, my boss at su encouraged me to connect a bit with riding lights theater company who are based in york and they do a really good summer school uh and i went and did that for a couple of years and it, it was that thing where you oh i think i found my tribe this is right. great really love hanging out with these people it's super creative it's um an environment where i feel i'm flourishing and actually i'm quite good at this because <laughs> you know that thing and again i think sometimes I, i'm really aware of that when i work with with younger performers sometimes if you're good at something you don't realize that that's a gift because you just assume it's natural yes. isn't it because it's yeah. natural to you uh, and i think i was a bit like that with with drama and the kind of creative piece and, and maybe having trained as a lawyer you know some of that creativity had been squeezed out a bit and i'd probably spent a lot of time thinking i don't really fit the box of this I'm just a bit weird and, and then you know you go to the environment like riding lights and think oh wow there's other people like me yeah. <laughs> we're all weird together like yeah, we're all yeah. weird together <laughs> <laughs> maybe i could go and train as an even weirder person <laughs> so That's yeah so brilliant. throughout that time again i think within su i thought people were people were really good at helping you see you might not be doing that for the rest of your life so you know what was next and how did you want to pursue training and yeah got to my early 30s and God said, go to drama school. So wow. I sold my flat and moved to London and did. But that's really encouraging. You know, I think a lot of people struggle with that balance between what you've learned at school, university, and what my career and my calling is. And there's often such a gap. And I think one of the hardest things is for, for students or graduates, wherever you graduate from, to know how to segue into those things or how to use the gifts that God's called you, given you to, to use them. You know, you've, you've, that's materialized into a full time calling for you. But for many people, it's, how do I use my gifts at work or in church or in communicate communicating with my friends? And, and so many long, people struggle with that. Long, it's a long game as well, yes. isn't it? Because yep. I think I often think that people would look at me and think, oh, you know, you've you've obviously you know, come out the box exactly like this, but it's taken years of, yep. of figuring out who am I, where, where do I fit, where where does my creativity lie? You know, am I running a theatre company? No, I'm actually running a creative arts ministry and that that's different. And oh I'm doing a bit of writing. Oh I'm doing a bit of you know, so it, i think perhaps particularly in the industry I'm in, it, it's not a cle a cre a clear career path. But I think that's true for a lot of people. It's it's a complex world, isn't it? So yeah, How big, big you know? time. Yeah, it is. It is a How complex. You know yeah, exactly <laughs> that. Exactly yeah. that. And I think in having people that you know that can encourage and empower others is so important around that. Um, and we maybe talk about that a bit later. But mm. I want to go back now onto the podcast because yes. you said three podcasts. Did you I answer that? No. You only, you only mentioned <laughs> one. So yeah. Tell me about the others. Yeah, I can tell you the podcast journey. So yeah, so so I've mentioned foolproof bites. That 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 was very much a pragmatic. This is a good way to deliver what I want to deliver in terms of helping people think. Uh, the first podcast that I started doing was with my friend Fiona Hollow. So Fiona Hollow is, I think she's twenty five. I'm getting that. When we started, I was forty eight and she was twenty four. I can't remember what ages we are now. Uh, I, Fiona had been an intern of mine over the summer, so she had done a degree in theatre studies. She worked for a while with Just Love. And we we just get on well, you know. We're 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 interested in similar things. We like films and theatre and all that sort of stuff. And uh, we're both Christian, and I think we're both people who think. But obviously, we're different generations. So I'm in my forties, for a little bit longer. Uh, she's in her twenties, and and I and we're both quite interested in what does an intergenerational friendship and conversation, you know, what does that mean? What what do we learn from each other? And, you know, that sort of thing where people had joked and said, oh, you two should start a podcast. We thought, well, actually, why don't we? <laughs> Let's just do it. Brilliant. Let's see how it goes. Bit of a fun project. And uh, we've actually been kind of astonished at how many people have 
tuned in and listened. And it's not very structured. We, we well, well, it is in as much as we've got different segments each time. So we always talk about what we've been watching or reading or you know gigs we've been to and things. So we have a bit of kind of creative chat, and we always have some sort of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, which and then and then we have a topic and we just chat about the topic and she laughs at me because I come with a few quotes. <laughs> oh, is that is that is that your bag? You come yeah, with a just few quotes. Just, you know, just Google a few quotes. I sound really intelligent, but I've just googled. <laughs> Google the intelligent person yeah, and then exactly, yeah, I like exactly. that. Yeah. But and and you know and our, and we we've called it hollow and substantial. Obviously, she's she's Fiona Hollow. I am not Fiona substantial. <laughs> physically, I'm probably Fiona substantial. But we're kind of interested in that that discussion about what each generation can learn from the other because I think Brilliant. my older generation can tend to think well we we know it all we we need to pass on our knowledge and actually there's a massive amount we can learn from from the millennials and from gen z and the, you know people coming beyond that and that works both ways you know so that's super interesting it's a passion project to be honest we're, we're trying to figure out how to get it on patreon and make some money on it or at least you know make enough to be able to keep doing it but uh yeah that that's been fun and then I think that was quite a good training ground for me in just picking up the technology and figuring out how to how to do all that. Uh, so in, oh, I've got my years confused, 2019, I started a, a contract, a freelance job at Scottish Bible Society, working on something called Bible 2020, which is a, an app they produced for the year 2020. Do you remember when we all thought? 2020 was going to be a really 2020 year. vision 2020 vision that's right yeah <laughs> we're all preparing for all that yeah uh, and straight i mean honestly it's such a god thing actually dan because in advance of it we we talked about me coming in and doing a, a show at the edinburgh fringe for them and something kind of creative round about it and and i had said well why don't we think about podcasting because i've started this one with Fiona, I know what I'm doing with that. It might be interesting just to, to chat about, you know, the stuff that's coming up on this app. So we, we set that up. And of course, March 2020 hits. And it's one of the few things you could keep doing, actually. So the podcast I do for them is called The Outspoken Bible. And it's a conversational, uh, three-way conversation. So there's uh, two friends of mine, one, Jen Robertson. So Jen works for the Scottish Bible Society. Uh, and she is their youth and children's ministry manager or something so she, she's really passionate about kids work and, and youth work and then a friend neil glover who's a minister and he um he's, he's got a good theological grasp of things so we we kick all sorts of things around and it has a lovely feel i think of three friends talking about the bible Brilliant. and coming at it from different angles and so on and then alongside that so i do actually have something else with with bible sections <laughs> so i've also produced some um audio dramas for them so okay. we did what the, what we were going to do as a as an edinburgh fringe show was was something on the book of ruth so i created a, a 10-part audio series uh, audio drama called where you go about the story of ruth and it's kind of in the style of those you know those um kind of detective podcasty right. crime yes. podcast real yes. crime podcast things so it's kind yeah. of in that style where you've got a narrator and then you've got different bits popping up uh and then i did one for them last christmas and i've just finished an audio drama for them on the book of job it nearly killed me dan honestly <laughs> that is a book you sit in the darkness was, of it <laughs> i was gonna say of all the books you know oh. to try and unpack and doing a drama you've gone straight to the hardest oh. one sitting in lockdown trying to make sense of job so yeah that that comes out at the end of the month 
Okay, and are they resources that are available for, for people to download yes. for the Bible Society? Yeah, you can get them through Scottish Bible Society. Right, okay. Or, I mean, they're all, so So the Ruth one is called Where You Go, the Job one is called An End to the Darkness. Right. Um, and you can find those on, you know, Spotify, Apple, all that okay. sort of stuff. So the short stories, if you follow Fiona Stewart, you can listen to her yeah. all day and all yes, night right. and all sorts of different platforms. <laughs> <Okay>. Stone. <laughs> okay, we haven't even got onto the BBC radio bit. We haven't even gone there yet. Do you know yet. what? Do you know what, though? I was listening to your interview with Chinny McDonald. I really enjoyed that. And I was fascinated. I was just about cheering. I was driving when I was listening to it, when she was talking about Thought for the Day. Yes. She talked about the the power of thought for the day. And I yes. always feel that because I, I also do thought for the day and I do various other, you know, these funny little religious slots that we yes. have. <laughs> it's so weird. But I was really struck by her saying, you know, when she does Radio 4 Thought for the Day, it's 7 million people get to hear about God. That's true, isn't it? It's yeah, amazing, isn't it? Yeah. And we all kind of, I, I mean, even I, I who do it can get a wee bit sniffy about these religious slots. I think, oh, yeah. Who's listening to that? But then who is listening to that? That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> That's really good. So you're the, you're, you're the Scottish Chinny McDonald's. <laughs> I don't, don't know that. I would feel, feel very honoured to be that. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Ignore me. We'll, we'll edit that bit up, maybe. Um, well, let's, I mean, there's so much we can talk around about the creative industry. But I want to just focus on it for a few minutes just on, I suppose, the nature of this podcast, your sort of leadership journey. How's that developed? What have you learned? You know, sort of, you know, I mean, these are big questions I know, but you know, you know, part of what we're doing here is want to just find out how's that journey been for you? You know, this is a women in leadership series. You know, some people talk more about their experiences and that from that perspective. But yeah, just tell us a little bit about how you've developed as a leader. What, yeah. what have you, what have been some of the stepping stones or some of the key things that you remember in that journey? It's a really good question. It's a really good question. I think. I, I've been reading. I've been reading Eugene Peterson's biography, and right. there's a lovely thing in that. I wrote it down actually. See, this is me finding a quote. Oh, you've got the quote. There we go. Yeah, because there's a lovely thing where the, he talks about the fact that Peterson, he he's like a dog sniffing the wind instead of a person reading a map. And I thought, oh, I love that. I think that's what I'm like. And and it came from a there was a quote from a poem, um, "Keep moving, changing pace and approach, but not direction." every right. step is an arrival and I was like oh, I get that I think I think some of my leadership journey has been a bit more like a dog sniffing the wind than, <laughs> <laughs> than a person with a map you know so I kind of alluded to that earlier that you know within the industry I'm in there's not always an obvious career path and but but leadership has been a, a thread probably through my whole life so I can think back to things like you know, I can think back to being at primary school <laughs> this is a stupid story I remember primary seven what's that year six going to speak to the head teacher because I felt that a boy in my class had been unfairly treated by our, by our primary teacher or you know she was a substitute a, a temporary teacher who was there and I was really angry on his behalf and, and went to speak to the head teacher because I thought somebody needed to do something about this and, and so I look back to things that I think oh yeah I think there was always you know however you phrase it there was a leadership gifting in there and I think as a woman you can be quite quickly tarred with the bossy brush or the you know the strident brush I, and I think I've always railed against that but I, I am quite bossy but maybe that's okay because maybe that's leadership you know uh, so yeah so I guess it's always it's always been there um I think I think before becoming a Christian I was well I'm probably still quite ambitious but I was I was quite a driven ambitious teenager I would right. say I was quite you know I was quite good at school and all that sort of stuff and 
keen to lead, keen to take on positional leadership. And then I think um, when I became Christian, so that was at 17, uh, that, that kind of reversed a whole lot of things. So I, I, my whole journey of, of conversion, so one of the things that was really significant was um, reading C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity, and that chapter he's got about pride. And I had right. just, it never even crossed my mind that, you know, I thought I was a good person. And that, that chapter really sideswiped side me. Um, so I think I think that, that sort of made me think and turned some of my ideas about leadership upside down. And probably for a while pushed me against what I would have been prior to, to right. my yeah. conversion. Uh, but then obviously when you, you know, when you work in youth work, when you're involved in, in leading young people, you, you are leading, you're, you're quite a lot of responsibility is put on you, I think, in, in that context. And then you just rise to it. And so I think in terms of influences, I, I think people who have influenced me have, have been significant. So I talked about Debbie, who I did the gap year with. I think there have been a number of people through the course of my life who've invested in me and called that leadership gifting out and encouraged it and not called me bossy. Yeah. <laughs> but let me take risks and, and maybe taken a bit of a chance on me because again, I don't always necessarily, I, I maybe don't always do things as by the book as they should have done. So I think slightly creatively about things, but people give me the, the opportunity to do that. Um, yeah, but, that, but that's, that's really a, interesting because yeah. it, it feels like you know you kind of had, as you said, that conversion time, and then you went into you, know, you studied, but going into youth, youth work and youth leadership is such an incredible form of leadership. Totally. I find. I mean, I was a youth pastor at church a number of years, and you're just forced with so much raw, you know, you've got to communicate, you've got to yeah. un understand people, you've got to pull people together, plan programs, and yeah, it's yeah. intense leadership. I and, think, and have a have a kind of a sense of what's really going on for people. Absolutely. So you absolutely. get all the stuff on the surface, but actually, you know, there's a whole other story. Yeah. 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 No, I can see that. And you can mm -hmm. see how the thread of leadership has been there. Now, I want to just fast forward then a little mm. bit to sort of more modern the way where you yes. are now. Yeah, because I've gone back into time. I'm not sure why I've done that. <laughs> I know a lot about your past. I know. That was a long time ago. <laughs> but, but I want to just, well, because talking of leadership now, and in, 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 I want to talk about it in a church context. Because yeah. one of the things we talked about in the bio, but haven't covered yet you're part of a core leadership team in a mm -hmm. church context but also helping with the missional community yeah yeah so i have to backtrack a little bit with this so, so i moved i moved from edinburgh to glasgow in 2015 and prior to that i was part of a church in edinburgh called central and was on the core leadership there so eldership i guess would be yeah. the way to put that um and we we were heavily involved in in missional discipleship in thinking about church planting and we felt God was saying that he wanted to send people to Glasgow. And right. again, I mean, I've, this is this is the kind of story of my life. I had a very strong, very strong call from the Lord to do it. You know, I won't go into the details of that, but it was, you know, it was very clear that I should go and do that. And so I was sent to kind of head that up to Glasgow. Cut a long story short, it, it, it didn't work out the way we had thought it would. So it, I, I didn't come with a team. I, I came on my own and then um, a few other folk joined me. But part of that sending process was about going and establishing missional community in, in a part of the city. Uh, and also I got involved in, in Adelaide Place, which is the church I'm currently part of, uh, because Adelaide Place was a kind of partner church of Central's. Right. So there's a bit of a, a history to, to being involved in those things. So, But the two things are very closely aligned. So I'm, I'm part of the core leadership of the city centre church. There's quite a small number of us who do that. So sometimes it can feel a bit, eh. 
Right. <laughs> We're yeah. the grown-ups. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't carry the can. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, but alongside that, I also lead uh, Mission Community in, in Denison. So it's kind of inner East End. So it's, right. it's an up-and-coming area. It's one of those areas that's gentrified a bit, but still East End Glasgow at the same time. Right. And uh, what I thought I was going to do, if I'm honest, when, when I came in 2015, was I thought a church would happen. I thought probably it was church planting. I, I'm not a church planter. I, I, I've realised I'm a... I'm an equipper of people. I think that's my leadership style. I'm really interested in helping people live missionally. Brilliant. And it might well be, I don't know, at some point in the future, God does decide that, that what we're doing here in, in this part of the city does become church. But for now, it's 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 living missionally, living as community together, uh, doing life together, I guess, but also um, gathering in on Sundays at the at the city centre church. So pretty much most of your experience is in the leadership leadership format. I know, I know. it's a bit ridiculous. How do you I, find... I keep fighting it? I keep fighting it, and it keeps coming back. Well, you're leading everything. How <laughs> how do you how do you find or do you find just an open question? Do you mm. find it challenging to lead in those different environments with different hats, or do you just bring who you are and what you've got to every environment? Because yeah. let, let, let me paint a picture, and it might not be your picture, but sometimes if you go into a, a church leadership meeting, it could be a different set of people, a different you know environment than leading in a creative arts environment or leading yeah. out in a mission community. Do you find that, or do you just bring who you are and just crack on? I've got better at bringing who I am. Right. I think I've got better in the last few years at bringing who I am. I think I think it's I have definitely had a struggle with that sense of I, I'm quite I'm quite a I'm quite a hmm, what's the word I'm looking for a flat structure leader. I think. Right. Yeah. So so I like it when it's collaborative. I like it when people have their say. I like that sense that we're all doing this together. But I'm also <laughs> I go back to my you know nine-year-old self going to speak to the head teacher I'm also quite clear about what I want as a leader and I, I, I'm good at listening to what God wants and I don't always get it right but you know most of the time I have quite a clear idea of where we're going and so so that can be a real tension for me because I, I do love the collaborative piece but I also it can be a real challenge if people don't necessarily want to fall in because I, I don't think I come across as particularly authoritative <laughs> So, so I think there has been an issue for me about I, I have authority in this situation. So I've been sent from Edinburgh to establish this, or I'm part of the co-leadership at Adelaide Place. So therefore, there is an authority, a God-given authority in that situation, which maybe my personality doesn't necessarily exhibit. I'm doing that thing where I'm verbally processing. I'm, I'm learning as I'm speaking here. <laughs> but but it's a it's been a real challenge because I think often we operate. Yeah, yeah, and you asked the question about you know the arts versus versus church. I, I think within church circles, we often operate with a very fixed idea of what the leader looks like. That's right. And, and that's the male female question comes into that for sure. But I guess also we we just have a very fixed idea of, of what leadership is, and it's often it is often positional, and you know we we yeah we we regard it there. But but there's a there's there's something about leadership and influence. That Big is, time. is really interesting to me. Particularly when you're a creative thinker and you're a creative, mm -hmm. because, you know, often, you know, we filter things through theological paradigms or our training or our seminary training yeah. or whatever, we, you know, whatever our background is. But when you're coming in from that sort of creative mindset, yeah. which might be more collaborative or expansive, or it might be like, hey, I've got this idea. What about we do this? 
and it's got to go through three or four or five processes yeah. or yeah. you know committees or whatever it might be that can often be a challenge I think oh absolutely. I've seen for creative absolutely. leaders in those environments yeah. And there's a close, there's a close affiliation, I think, with the artistic with the prophetic as well. Because yeah, I think as an time. artist, you do think outside the box. So there's a prophetic understanding of what you're. Absolutely. Speaking. And sometimes you can sometimes see what you know. You, you can see what the Lord wants, or you can you can get a sense of where the spirit's blowing. And actually, to try and then get other people to understand that can be a bit of a challenge, actually. Yeah, that, that, I think that there is a whole podcast episode in itself. So let's not go there now. But no, I I, I get it. I, I, I really can resonate with that. Although no. having said that, I would also say I, I really love the people who are not like me because they are very good for me. Yes. Yeah. And that's the power of team, isn't it? And yeah. I think as you talk yeah. about collaboration earlier yeah. on, which is so important. So just kind of trying to bring that together then bring your leadership journey bring your experiences what you're doing now what was what are some of those keys that, that you feel like the lord's given you in your leadership or some of those things you've learned along the way that you'd say do you know what that's in my toolkit now i've, I've kind of learned that yeah yeah um i think humor yep love that not an obvious one is it <laughs> i think humor i think i i go back to my foolish person poking fun i think sometimes it's not a bad thing for us to do that to just think actually we're all a bit ridiculous here that's okay absolutely um so yeah i, th I think i think bringing that humor I, I wrote some stuff down what else did i say yeah i, I think i'm an encourager i i, I and I, I know i think maybe we might talk later on about influences but one of the things i i really value about my parents actually so my parents are both were both te well are both were both teachers are retired teachers uh and one of the things i've always observed about my, te my, my teachers about my parents growing up uh, is they really take time with younger people so you know if i go to my folks we go to church with them you know they're in their 80s well my mum was about to be 80 she's not in her 80s yet <laughs> uh, my dad's in his 80s uh but but they will have conversations you know meaningful conversations with teenagers and you know they'll, they'll have an interest in this person who's just back from uni on their holidays and, and I've, I've i've always noticed that and i think i've picked that up so i think there's a key in that about encouraging younger people and i suppose you know when you think about hollow and substantial there's a bit of that going on there that i know i can learn stuff from fiona Whereas it would be very easy to say, well, there's nothing I have to learn from you. So encouragement and, and encouraging younger people, I think, particularly. And, and I think that thing I talked about with the prophetic, I guess the artist, I suppose, I'm a noticer. I notice things. I'm, I'm kind of alert to things. And either in the natural or in the supernatural, I think, I think I'm, I've got a fairly sharp sense of, of noticing what's going on. I can That's get you into trouble sometimes, though, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it can. Depends how you handle that gift. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, also, one of the things, you know, reflecting back, because I did, as I said to you a minute ago, I did youth work for a number of years. I think once you've spent time inputting into younger people's lives, you can't but help it. Yeah. I'm like that. I go into situations in business. I'm looking at the younger person. I just want to help them. I just want to get them on their path yeah. and yeah. do something with them because you realize how powerful it is. Yeah. I mean, I've got a friend that I used to lead a, a drama camp with him. David's a musician and he just always jokes. He always says, think what you do is you say to people, do you know what would be really good for you? <laughs> and as soon as I hear you saying that, I know. <laughs> she's off. Nine times out of ten, she'll be right. And it'll be really, I'll be really annoyed that she's right. <laughs> and then sometimes. That's, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, there's the one edit. really good for you. <laughs> you should think about this. Yeah, that's brilliant. I like that. So just coming to land now, we answered, we answered this, uh, you kind of answered or gave us sort of beginnings of an answer to this a while ago, but what leaders, and this, this is a general open question, it's going to be anyone that's alive, you know, you don't know, you've read the books about, but what leaders do you look up to or have you learned from? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mentioned my parents there, so yeah. definitely, definitely there's, there's stuff there and it is about showing an interest in people. They're, they're, they're very people, people. Uh, mentioned Debbie that I worked with back, back in the day. And there've been a number of people who've, I guess, stuck through my life. So I have really good friends, Maureen and David, who were part of my church when I was in my twenties and, you know, I'm still, still close to them. And, they, and they're always, again, they show an interest. They're always interested in, and cheering me on, which is, which is great. Um, I was thinking about people like uh, my friend Ruth, who will, she's always asking me what I'm reading. She's always reading something and wanting to ask me about it. She's always, you know, again, just interested. So these these are people I think in, in real life. It's quite hard in the creative industries to find Christians who've lasted the course, actually. Um, partly because it's a tough old place to last the course. So there's people who started off well and really you know they're, they're not there faith-wise or yeah or people who've given given up and gone and done something else because it's it's a hard place to be so yeah i'm always looking for people uh, a bit further ahead in the in the kind of arts and media stuff um i mentioned eugene peterson actually so i'm reading that biography at the moment people like that who i find interesting who are again it's not the obvious stereotype of the leader is it it's not the, it's not necessarily but it's people who just follow their calling. They know what their calling is and, and they allow God to take that and use that. I find people like that really inspirational. Yeah. Um, yeah, along the way. Well, and, you, then, you... and then biblically, I was also thinking, oh, who in the Bible would I say if you asked me that question? <laughs> people, I like people like Nathan, the prophet who right. calls out David or yeah. or at Samuel. I really find Samuel an interesting person. People like Deborah as well. So Deborah, that you know, female leader, prepared to really lead strongly when it was difficult so yeah oh wow there's there's, there's, a, there's a diverse <laughs> mix there no, that's great <laughs> interesting you mentioned about eugene peterson and just how the lord uses him in that creative writing and creative mm -hmm. interpretation i was also thinking of charlie mackesy yes you know, just the way that he's been <gasps> yes. used to the pandemic with simple messages and simple illustrations are Beautiful. I, well, I, yeah, yeah I, and I think I've learned a lot from him. And actually, I've yes. sort of slightly picked up something he does. I, I'm really struck by how he does his social media. Right. So gentle and lovely yeah. with it. And I actually started, I did some poems. I started writing a poem a week during our second lockdown. So that was the start of 2021. And uh, it was just hashtagging them poems of hope. And, and I've tried to use his kind of language when I put them out there. So it's a sort of, I hope, I hope that this helps you today. You know, just leave it very open like that. Because I, I love I love his warmth actually. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. No, it really reminds me of that when you were talking. And final questions were coming to that. And I think we could talk all day, but um looking back at your life and your sort of leadership journey, what is, and I'm sure there's more than one, but what is that one piece of advice you would give your younger self? Well, I think I thought about this and I think it is not to be fooled by the self-publicists in leadership. So look for the people who are putting the chairs out. Look for the people who are right. talking to the eight-year-old and kicking a football about with them at coffee time. And actually they, they're the, you know, look, look for the slightly weird people. Because <laughs> <laughs> actually there's leadership and there's influence and there's the kingdom of God there. That's right. I think that's what I'd say.
I love that. That's excellent. Very good. Fiona, that is a great way to end. I've really enjoyed this time with you. And uh, yeah, thank you for being a guest on on the podcast. Absolutely delighted to be here. Thank you for having me. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Wonderful Leaders podcast. To be part of the community, join our close Facebook group and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Simply look us up at Wonderful Leaders and we'll see you there.